What is up and welcome to the 49ers Camelot show where I am joined again by Evan. Don't call me Sowards. It's Swords. <laughs> I think How you I made doing, that man? mistake last time. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, I wanted to bring you back on to talk because in case you haven't heard, your team is in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, it, it it almost seems unreal. It's like kind of hard to process, right? Like the 49ers uh, as a team and the fans in, in general have had such a weird world the last, you know, what, 12, 13 years that uh, kind of feels weird to be back, but definitely excited, happy to be here, happy to root yeah. for the team. Yeah, and now you're – your name plate thing, whatever they call that down there says 49ers hub. Are you still doing things with 49ers hub? We have the website. We haven't done anything with it in a very long time. We have the uh, Twitter account still. Um, I think all of us just in general, like started getting jobs that <laughs> required much more time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, you know, it's, it, it's, it sits there lying dormant. Who knows? Maybe a Super Bowl will awaken the beast. <laughs> yeah. Last week I had Oscar Aparicio on uh, from Better oh, Rivals. I love Oscar. And I said, hey, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, any chance that there will be a, a, a return of Better Rivals? And he said, hey, maybe maybe we'll do some kind of celebratory um right podcast and so that's what y'all need to do the same thing if the 49ers win you, you got to bring that back because y'all did some cool we've, stuff we've talked about it you know and i and i actually uh we we definitely talked about doing like a reunion podcast it is crazy to think about like who we interviewed throughout time i mean first off we interviewed at the earliest of stages dan soder who has then since come, become, you know, he's an actor on one of the best shows, Billions. Uh, he's married to Katie Nolan. Uh, you know, great 49ers fan. He is notorious for recently being in a, that story because he was really good friends with Mike McDaniel, um, the now, uh, you know, Dolphins coach. And, you know, we interviewed a bunch of awesome people, and it was so yeah. fun. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we might have to do something like that soon. That would be cool. Well, let's jump in here because um, I want to get your thoughts on the NFC Championship game. Then I want to get uh, some of your thoughts on the Super Bowl. So I want to start back to, as painful as it might be, the first half of the NFC Championship game. The 49ers couldn't do anything right. What was going through your mind when the Lions were moving the ball without, it seemed like without effort, uh, the 49ers just were caving defensively especially what was going through your mind at that time you know i think i think what was going through my mind was the five stages of grief like coming out of like a machine gun you know what i mean like i was having like denial anger acceptance <laughs> yeah. like in rapid fire um no but really you know the 49ers and I, I don't think many people have talked about this enough since the postseason but like the 49ers spent basically all season long destroying teams constantly destroying teams, constantly having the upper hand, constantly being the better team. And even with that three game losing streak where we lost by a, a field goal, or excuse me, you know, you know, yeah, by a field goal in the, in the game field goal, 
we, we, you know, fans kind of were like, that's a fluke. And then they mm-hmm. proceeded to destroy teams for the rest of the year. And it was like, oh, it really was a fluke. So to come in against the Packers, which are a worst team across the board, if by any type of like, you know, reputable thought process, and then basically get outplayed for the majority of the game and somehow, you know, squeak away a win and then come in against the Lions, which again, great team, great story. Really have enjoyed watching the Lions this year, but the 49ers across the board are a better team, right? Yeah. They're like the Lions had like a more watered down version of the 49ers. We think of Aiden Hutchinson's and Amron St. Brown and, uh, you know, how they compare like Debo and Bosa and all the, like all of it. So it was, it was really weird to go, okay, here we are again, two weeks in a row, but it was, it was more definitive, right? The Packers game, they kind of kept coming back and forth. Right. The Packers game, you know, they kind of like were showing fight, but like the Lions went up 21 seven right away. And we're like, what's going on? Right. (laughs) And not only that, but like it did feel like everything the Lions were trying to do, they were accomplishing with very much success. And the Niners identity across the board wasn't, you know, wasn't happening. Right. The Niners were supposed to have the best pass rush all year. And like, you know, they've definitely showed up at times and, you know, they've made some great pressures and plays have been made in the postseason. But like I was expecting five sacks a game in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I was expecting Nick Bosa to go super sane and just all of a sudden start murdering people. And so, (laughs) you know, it it was really kind of it, it still is kind of worrisome. You know, like I was expecting dominance and. You know, the further you go in the playoffs, the better the teams get. And now here we are going into the Super Bowl, and it's the best team in the NFL outside of the 49ers. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they got, you know, the mistakes out of the way. I'm hoping they figured out the game plan correctly so they don't have to make, you know, second half adjustments. But, like, those are big worries against the Lions. Yeah, especially when they have Nick Bosa, and then in the offseason they, they sign Javon Hargrave, pass rusher, not a run defender. And then they trade for uh, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, pass rushers, not run defenders. Cleveland Farrell, who played very well. Right. And so it's you're right. It's just the way that uh, they have played. And I, I went into the postseason a little concerned with the defense. I just didn't feel like they had been playing very well um, later in the season. And so I had some concerns going in, uh, but uh, yeah, man, that's uh, uh, so Bebop Jones is in here. What's up, Bebop? Bryant Culp in the house as well. What's up, guys? Thanks for joining us. So let me ask you this. What what do you think is wrong with that defense? Is it just, I mean, they can't be tired right now in the season when they lost the three straight that no. was kind of what everybody was saying. They're tired. You know, when, when the, I, I don't know who said this, but somebody brought up the fact that when the 49ers lost this season, it was because they had played like six consecutive games and they, they were tired. But then when they were rested, they just dominated. Like when they came off the bye and played Jacksonville, uh, they, mm-hmm. they didn't dominate in, uh, in, in the NFC playoffs. So what is it? Is, is it just, playing better teams or something actually wrong with that defense. I I don't think something's wrong with the defense in the larger sense, right? Because the defense has played well that, you know, if you look at Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa has had an absolutely 
unbelievable year. It hasn't fully amounted to the amount of sacks we might have thought, but when you look at the pressure rate, when you look at the win rate, like when you look at the advanced stats, it's very clear. When you just watch the game, Nick Bosa's making a play every every snap. The thing that's like really frustrating, especially as a fan, is like it just feels like like we're getting pressure and at the very last second the ball's getting out. And that's kind of the frustrating part for me. It's like you mentioned, you bring in all these resources. Nick Bosa's getting defensive player of the year, right? Like all of these things you are like, okay, well, this means Chase Young's here. Like we're going to dominate. And it just feels, whether it be scheme, whether it be bad luck, whether it be, uh, you know, being tired, which I don't think it's that. It just feels like they're always getting the ball away right at the last second. Now, does that mean that maybe coaches have kind of looked at Nick Bosa and said, hey, here, if we do this, you can you can get away from him? Or, hey, if we take, you know, this many drops or if we get the ball out this quick, you can expect to get away from him? And then they've just started focusing? Maybe. I don't know. There's smarter people to make that decision. Um, but it really does feel like that. Like, it, it does feel like, you know, I was expecting sacks and, like, strip, you know, force fumbles to be the game-winning plays. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting Dre Greenlaw to, you know, intercept the ball, although it's very welcome. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that uh, – I, I don't know if you and I talked about this before, but I talked about it with somebody, that whenever you have players like Charles Amenahu who leave um, and uh, Aziz Alshire who goes somewhere else – and players like that, Jimmy Ward, when you lose quality players, and for the 49ers, they were really deep. And so then they started losing some of these backups who went on to be starters somewhere else. And so when you lose that quality of backup player, then your your depth takes a little bit of a hit because now your, your backup pieces aren't quite as good as your um, your uh, starters. So uh, Rick Diaz says, you're right, my friend. I just came into the show. Nick Bosart. <laughs> He's working so hard. Fred Warner, the same way. McCaffrey Jennings juice. Number 44 is working hard. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they're, they're working. Uh, it's just something right now, especially with the run defense is just I, I still say that they miss DJ Jones uh, when they mm-hmm. let him get away uh, a few years ago. That that was a big blow, and they haven't really replaced that run stuff. Or I, I think that maybe they thought Kalia Davis was going to be that guy, but uh, so far he hasn't been. What what are you seeing with the run defense? Is it personnel, or do you think it's a scheme issue? Maybe the wide nine. It's kind of I think it's I think it's more scheme than personnel because although Javon Hargrave is more of a you know pass rusher, he's a big presence. Uh and and when I look, you know, especially like the last few games, when you look at the 49ers defense, I'm not seeing a really tight hole or like you know, a bunch up group of players and a running back making a good move. A lot of the times we're seeing open holes that they're running through, right? The Lions had really open running lanes and I'll give Wilkes the benefit, you know, I'll give him some credit. It was mostly in the first half, but I'm seeing big holes. I'm seeing them scheming, you know, outside runs. Um, You know, we know what happened with the screen game in the beginning of the season. And so I feel like it's little things like that. Um, 
you know, Omenahu is a big loss, but I mm-hmm. definitely think if you look at overall production, if you look at overall PFF grades, you know, the advanced stats, like I would say we have a better defense than we did last year. Hmm. But the problem is, is it's not resulting, right? Like the pressure win rate is great, but the sacks aren't as much there. And, and, and again, this is a crazy thing. This is how the embarrassment of riches of being a 49ers fan. The Niners have an incredible number of sacks. Like they're, they've done very well in that category, but it, it's like the expectation is so high. And that's what it's like being a 49ers fan. When you have Nick Bosa, when you bring in Chase Young, when you, you know, trade, you know, when you sign uh, Javon Hargrave in the, in the free agency, the expectation is through the roof. And I don't right. think it's like unrealistic. I think this is a, is really what you should be expecting. I think when we look at how the 49ers defensive production is, is, has kind of, existed this year i would call it a bit of a letdown and again probably 30 other teams uh would have taken that gladly for their defense yeah we're we're probably a little spoiled what do you think of the chase young trade they they didn't give up much for him but i i can only speak for myself i expected him to come in and be that piece opposite of Nick Bosa that we've been hoping for since D Ford played a little bit back in 2019. Right. What are you thinking about the trade young or trade young, uh, chase young trade? <laughs> well, the, the trade young. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I will say this. I, 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 I might've had some, some thoughts either way, but after I saw the play that I think, you know, exactly what play I'm talking about. Um, I think it was like a, what was it like a Amron St. Brown run on the right side where he just kind of gave up. Yeah. There's a play yeah. in the Lions game where Chase Young essentially just like thought that maybe he couldn't get to him or that the whatever, but like he very much so could have made an effort. And I think he could have, potentially stopped a touchdown and he didn't. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, the play in itself was terrible. You know, the effort was terrible, but then you start like running through the checklist and you're like, let's see. Okay. Chase Young drafted number two overall goes to a terrible team. Struggles on the team, hates the team, doesn't want to be there. Right. <laughs> they, they disrespect him. They talk down to him in interviews about him. They basically say he's not as good as we think, whatever. He gets traded to one of the best teams, a Super Bowl contender. With his former teammate, Nick Bosa, you right. got to feel like if you're that guy, if I'm that guy, my me 196 pounds, if I'm in the NFC championship and I'm getting that opportunity, I am giving every single inch and effort that I could possibly give. I'm, I'm, I'm lining up next to my old teammate, Nick Bosa. We both got drafted number two overall in back-to-back years. I'm I'm here. I'm in the Super Bowl. And after one if one more game, I'm in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like the idea that he could take any playoff, let alone, it's not even like he's a full-time starter, right? He's a rotational piece. So it's not it's not is not is it a conditioning thing? Like, how are you not prepared for this moment? And so I think you can maybe go back and forth on a lot of the different approaches on how you view what he's done since he got here. But from that play alone, that's all I need to know. I was like, I was like, sit him. So I bench him immediately. I didn't want him playing in the Super Bowl. I would rather have someone that is giving 110% with less talent than this guy who's get, taking plays off that yeah. resulted in a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and and to make matters worse, I mean, obviously Chase Young has been getting destroyed on social media for that one play 
uh, that uh, I think that was the Jameer Gibbs touchdown. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't the only one. If you go back, Kevin Givens looked like he wasn't going a hundred percent. There was somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but when you have that, it's bad enough when you have one player that doesn't quite look like they're going all out. And, and that's hard to judge. I understand that. But uh, if you have multiple players on, uh, on the, that side of the ball on one play, not given everything, then it, it's no, no surprise at all um, how that turned out. So yeah. let's, if, if, if I had a, a polygraph machine that I could hook you up to right now, and I took you back to halftime and asked you, how are you feeling? Are game you game was over? Yeah. Game was <laughs> over. Right, that's what I want. You don't even have to ask. Game was over. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell this story because I think it's good for podcasts and it's true. Um, but, you know, the week before I had a birthday party for myself and we were at a, at a mountain in Mammoth in California. And we had a big house, probably like 12 or 13 people there. No one at this house liked football but me, basically. Like, we had some fan people that were rooting for the Niners because of me. But for the most part, it was just me. So I'm wearing my Niners jersey. All the above are watching the game, the Packers game. And, like, in going into the third quarter, I'm like, okay, well, we got to go out after this game. I maybe would have worn my Niners gear had they won. <laughs> but if they lose, I'm certainly not wearing my Niners <laughs> gear out. I don't want to deal with that. I don't, so I'm going to just go change. So we, you know, I went and I changed, I took the Jersey off, went, came downstairs and you know, I posted a photo of me like on the ground, on my knees, like almost crying at what they won. And so the next week during this game, during the Lions game, we're with essentially at my buddy's house, this same group of people first quarter, right? They go up two scores immediately. All my friends are like, take your Jersey off, take your Jersey off, take your Jersey <laughs> off. And I was like, I'm not taking my Jersey off until I know it's bad. And it got at the half. I was like, oh, man. So I took my jersey off and they came back and won. So <laughs> I was I was fully convinced that the Niners were going to lose the playoffs. I mean, I, I, again, the Lions, everything they were doing, they were they were successful and nothing the Niners were doing was successful. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest play of the NFC championship game? Was it? IU catch the fourth down stops the fumble recovery what would you say was the biggest play the turning point you know I gotta say the IU play is definitely the I think the biggest wow play um but the fourth down stop to me is the biggest play right because you, you know George Kittle talked about the momentum you saw the sound bite a little bit right and the Niners go down, get three points, right? And then it's not enough. And we're like, God damn, that's not that's not enough. Like mm -hmm. we need to score. We can't, we don't have the opportunity right now to not capitalize when you're in the you know, when you're driving down the field. So then to go in, get the fourth down stop, and then go down and score after that, it was like Okay, all bets are off. We're back. Let's go. And I think that momentum really changed the entire pace of the game. And I mean, you know, I I do feel like the defense has really been the reason why they've won these games. Like Brock Purdy's been incredible. Brock Purdy has also been one of the reasons that they've won this game, and he deserves all the credit in the world. I can't even believe that we're even having these discussions about Brock Purdy, <laughs> but that's we'll get there. Um, 
but these defenses, the 49ers defense has consistently given them a chance to win. And I think that was like, to me, like the, the one play that really turned the tide. It was like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I th- I thought that it was the IU catch because it brought the crowd back into it. Then they scored. Mm-hmm. Then the fumble happened, and the crowd really was into it. And you could feel the shift of momentum. Then when they scored that touchdown to tie it, I thought Levi's was as loud as I've ever heard it um, on, yeah. on, you know, just watching the game. It was uh, incredibly loud. So then what was the point that you thought, oh man, we, we got this. We're, we're going to pull this out. I mean, you know, at this point I would definitely say my nervous system was shot, right? Like I think every, (laughs) every type of neuron in my body had been blown. So I don't know that I was having like conscious thought towards the end. It was like, just like my body was just going basically off of like instinct of like, of like good or bad. Um, But I, but I definitely, you know, I, I don't think I had like a confidence. We've got this. I think I had a sigh of relief. Yeah. When we drove the ball down at the end and were able to run the clock out, you know, every play, I wasn't even really thinking. I was just staring and just like, I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, and especially in my context, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by all of my friends. I don't know. You're, you're, you're a bigger 49ers fan than me for a longer period of time. Like, you know what it's like. You, your people around you who aren't Niners fans they like see the team is doing well, you know, people will message you and be like, Oh yeah, you're, you know, I enjoy that game. So I had all of my friends, like basically I'm watching the TV. They're watching me, right. They're like, is he okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was hard to even like, I was just, I was just so happy that they won. I was just like, sigh of relief. And then I jumped in the pool. (laughs) Red Eye said that Chase Young is a known underperformer. Washington was right about the statement they released on Young. He can't get next level. In short, he's lazy. Wow, that's uh, that's that's an indictment, you know. And and I here's the the thing: the guy had the opportunity. If he played like he was supposed to play, he had a chance to make a ton of money in free agency. I don't know what he's going to do in free agency now. I think he's going to beg the 49ers to take him back. And I don't know if I want them to. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for like a, a really like a Cleveland Farrell price, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of am at the point that I'd rather them see, rather see them bring back Cleveland than, than, Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, than chase young um anybody jump off the screen to you like anybody that was overly terrible or overly good like really good in the nfc championship game i mean i don't know if we truly appreciate what brandon iuk has done i think i think the way brandon iuk's career has progressed you know he he was a first round draft pick, which was very rare for the 49ers to do at receiver and hadn't mm-hmm. done well leading up since. Um, and, you know, he had a slow start mixed with, you know, kind of that doghouse type thing mixed with trying to compete with George Kittle, 
um, and Debo and now Christian and all these people. And I feel like of all the times that we would have expected Brandon Ayuk to really have the kind of year that he's having this record breaking year for himself and all the above. I don't think that I was going to guess that it would be the second year of Christian McCaffrey coming in. You know what I mean? Like I was like, well, surely there's not going to be enough room to go around this time. Mm -hmm. And I think George Kittle kind of is taking the the brunt of that, you know, and not getting the ball as much, but like every time Ayuk has gotten the ball, he has made the most out of it. He's made plays that have been so clutch. He's caught the ball in positions where it just, I was not expecting him to catch and to see him do it, not just the, you know, the bobble and then catch, but some of those plays where Purdy, you know, you know, met him in, in the NFC championship game. It's just like, it just, it feels again, nothing can ever be normal for the 49ers fans can't ever have a normal football team when, when you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, but it's like, we have this true wide receiver one, mm-hmm. one of the best wide receivers in the NFL And it's like, we can't even really enjoy it like that because there's so much going on. It's hard to keep your head on, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's like, oh, wait, we have Kittle. Oh, wait, we have McCaffrey. Oh, wait, we have Debo, you know, and it's just like, it's hard to wrap your head around it. But realistically speaking, Ayuk is one of the best. He's a top five receiver. Yeah. Go back to 2009 and the 49ers drafted a first round receiver high in the first round. His name was Michael Crabtree. Nobody remembers him because Richard Sherman said he was sorry. But I would take Brandon Ayuk over Crabtree any day of the week. I never thought Crabtree was that good. And uh, I mean, he was he was he was fine. He just wasn't the guy that when you pick number 10 or wherever they got him, it was somewhere like that. He never lived up to that where Ayuk has been better than than I think that we even had hoped that uh, he would be. So, uh, and then in 2012, they drafted, uh, gosh, I can't even remember the guy's name. Remember, remember the, the real skinny kid that couldn't even stay on his feet and practice. Uh, dang, who was that? I forgot his name. Maybe somebody will remind me here in a second. Drafted. Uh, yeah. He was a uh, late first round. Um, yeah. I I'll have to look that up. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is, bef- this has got to be before. This is yeah. This was twenty the twenty twelve draft, I believe. Um, and oh, AJ Jenkins. Yeah, AJ Jenkins. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> very uh, forgettable. <laughs> so yeah, very Red forgettable. Eye, uh, Red Eye, I think, talking still about Chase Chase Young. Uh, Lunch said he's a rental in the original presser. Said at the time he should have offers in free agency. Even Bosa called him out in the locker room interview. He needs to he needs to step next level prior to the Lions game. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. I, I remember Bosa saying that. Well, um, did we hear what they said today? Like literally, what, what was it like? I think KP, you know, KP had a good tweet where he, he was uh, counting the amount of times that they said effort in the presser and the mm. amount of people that said effort. Wow, you know what I mean. What yeah, was it? I, yeah, let me just. I didn't see that. Shanahan, Bosa, and Warner used the effort or the word effort a combined ten times at the podium today. Wow, you know what? They're exactly right, and and I'm glad that they're mentioning that because that's what it comes down to. I I still believe this is the best team in the NFL if they play with great effort 
and play like they're capable of playing, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Now, if they play like they've played the last two weeks, they're going to lose by a lot. Yeah, I mean, Still. go ahead. It's crazy. I just, I again, I it's like it's this never-ending theme. Nothing can be normal for the 49ers. <laughs> we have the the most dominant team all season long. Star-studded across the board. Brock Purdy putting up numbers that we haven't seen since Steve Young, mm-hmm. right? Like some of the best quarterbacking in the entire NFL, let alone on the 49ers. And for any normal world, we would be the most confident fan base in the world. But we're not. We're 49ers fans, which means we have to go in against the Kansas City Chiefs, a game we lost against the Super Bowl in 2019, and we can't even enjoy it. I haven't been able to enjoy the 49ers season once this year. I don't know about you, but at the better they get, the scared, more scared I get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's like every time they get close, something terrible happens. So yeah. I wish I could enjoy it. I wish I could feel confident, but um, until it's zero zero and the confetti is falling down on uh, Brock Purdy, I, I don't know that I can. Yeah, I've tried to to make myself stay positive and enjoy just because, you know, I remember when Steve Mariucci was fired, and then we went through this this long period where the 49ers are terrible. And then I remember when Harbaugh came in and, and all of a sudden they're good. They make it to the Super Bowl, back-to-back-to-back to back to back NFC Championship games, and they fire him. And it's two seasons of terrible coaching and terrible play. Then Shanahan comes in, and even though there was hope, they still were terrible for a couple of years. And so I knowing that, I just I'm trying to enjoy this journey more than I probably would have before. But uh, let me ask you this. Brock Purdy has his team in the Super Bowl. And yet the hatred that's being spewed his way from people all around the country, mainly talking heads, media, uh, you turn on ESPN and and you hear a lot of garbage there. Nobody, I, I watched uh, first take on ESPN a couple of days ago. All they were talking about is how Detroit blew the game and how Lamar Jackson blew uh, the Ravens game and how uh, great Kansas City is and nobody was giving the 49ers a chance and Brock Purdy's just along for the ride and all this. What is going Like, are people blind? Why do they not give him the credit that he deserves. I mean, it all comes down to how good Kyle Shanahan is. It starts there. Kyle Shanahan is considered to be one of the best play callers in the NFL. It's it's deservedly so. You look at the, you know, you watch the film, you see uh, how players are consistently open no matter what, right? He's been a head coach for a very long time now, plus what he did in Atlanta. Like, Like in a lot of cases in the NFL, after some time, after you get some film, people kind of get figured out a little bit. It hasn't happened to Andy Reid and it's not happening to Kyle Shanahan. I think, and I think when you, when you as a NFL fan base realize that the respect is there for Kyle Shanahan, and then you see all the weapons that they've amassed, it's naturally going to be hard to go. Okay. The last pick in the draft is that good. I understand the logic behind being a little hesitant of it. Um, but at the end of the day, 
the most people I see saying all these things about Brock Purdy are trying to make them a name for themselves in the media. Yeah. Right. These are former players that are not, it's, you know, you don't see Stephen A. Smith, right. You don't see Pat Mac or Pat McAfee, right. These aren't the people that are discrediting Brock Purdy. It's the Cam Newtons of the NFL, right. Mm -hmm. The the guy who's trying to get a, like a regular media job now, right. Like those are the people that you see saying things about Brock Purdy. I I feel like even, uh, you know, opposing fan bases, whenever we on Twitter, right. The week leading up to a game, I felt like other fan bases were like, nah, this kid's lights out. So it is it, – I think it's a little bit of the Kyle Shanahan thing. I think it's a lot of it of sometimes the the smallest groups of voices that are the loudest can be heard the most. Um, but listen, I don't want to jinx it. I really don't. But I will say – Brock Purdy has done everything that that Jimmy G kind of couldn't, and Jimmy G couldn't beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So it would be a pretty good storyline for Brock Purdy to come in and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and be the first quarterback in 49ers franchise to win a Super Bowl since Steve Young. So, Yeah, and I I think that that would be an incredible story. And you mentioned Garoppolo, and, and that kind of takes me to – what my argument would be if I, you know, if I'm talking to somebody who says Kyle Shanahan is the is the reason why Brock Purdy's so good, C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, those guys didn't look anything special. I mean, Garoppolo had a lot of success, won a lot of games, but when the game was on the line. Like he sometimes that he struggled. I mean, there was that comeback in Green Bay uh, a couple of years ago when uh, when it was snowing and icy and everything. But mm-hmm. those were not throws down the field. Those were dump dump offs and run in plays to Debo Samuel. And so, uh, you know, not to jump on Jimmy because I, I like the guy, but. Uh, I just think that that the argument that it's only Kyle Shanahan is is not uh, the best argument. So when when we're talking Super Bowl and and I see that uh, Red Eye put in here, Mahomes will shred that defense if they play like that. Uh, Pacheco will get over 100 yards. Niners are lucky that they only have one running back to deal with. McKinnon's on IR, last seen on crutches. And so yeah, I mean that's what we were saying is if they play like they've been playing then uh, they're definitely going to struggle. They're going to lose by a lot. So with that in mind, what is it that you like about facing the Chiefs? And what is it that you don't like about facing them? There's nothing. Anybody that says they like something about facing the Chiefs is out of their mind. I mean, (laughs) you can look at like maybe the places that they're weaker, whether it be like certain areas of run game or, you know, like linebackers in certain situations. But like, no one in their right mind is going to say that. And if they do, slap them. No one should feel good about the, the Chiefs. One, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. The entire offensive scheme, the, the, the offensive line, none of it matters because at the beginning of the sentence, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. And then you go, oh, wait, they've got a really good defense. That's not supposed to happen. It's literally right. in the like the, the like the United Nations of Accords, right? Like Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is not allowed to have a good defense yet. <laughs> somehow, uh, you know, he's got it. So yeah. 
I'm not worried about, I, I mean, I don't want to jinx us, but I'm not worried about Pacheco. He runs really hard. Uh, but I think I think that the Niners have a good chance of being able to shut down, you know, smaller running backs like that. But, you know, I, I've said it all week and I'll say it again. I, I do think the 49ers have to play nearly perfect to win this game. Mm-hmm. I think they have to play nearly perfect. I think you can't, like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes doesn't get sacked, like, at all. He's got yeah. two sacks and, like, well, some, like, crazy amount of attempts. Like, he doesn't get sacked. So, like, at the most, you're going to get pressure on him. And I think we'll do that. But sometimes that's not enough. A lot of times it's not enough. So I, I think this is going to be a game where the Niners are going to have to score early and fast, which I hope it hasn't looked like that the last two weeks. But I think the Niners are going to have to score early and fast. And it's the offense that's going to have to win the game which would be a very big parallel, right? It was the offense that lost the game <laughs> against the Chiefs. So this yeah. time we've got the offense and they're ready to go. Yeah, and that's the scary part is that you go back to that 2019 defense, which was dominant. They were so good. They held Mahomes in check for most of the game until that third and 15, then everything fell apart. Um, this defense just is not as good as the defense was in 2019. I don't think maybe there are parts of the defense that are better, but I think as a whole, they're not quite as good as they were then. And so that is a concern. Let me ask you this. What, what is, what's your bigger concern stopping Patrick Mahomes or stopping Chris Jones? Because we saw in, in the last Super Bowl. When when it was time for the 49ers to go score, they couldn't do anything because Chris Jones was wrecking that offensive line. I'll, I say I say Patrick Mahomes. He's the greatest quarterback I think maybe ever. It's it's the conversation we're going to have to start having in the next two years, which is insane because Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl wins, and we're still already going. Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback of all time. It's insane, but it's a reality, and yeah. I, I I definitely think that. One thing that we can say for sure is that Brock Purdy is much more mobile and his scrambling is much more useful than what Jimmy G was able to do. Does that stop Chris Jones? Not guaranteed, no, but it's it's a layer of the offense that we didn't have. Um, I agree with Red Eye. I do definitely think the Niners have a really good team. I think it's the best chance that they've had in a long time to win the Super Bowl. So many years whether it be, you know, 20, 2011 against the Giants or, you know, the years when they barely missed playing the Patriots, whatever it was, so many years, I was like, if the Niners would just get to the Super Bowl, they'd win. And I yeah. do think I do think this is the best chance they have to win. They're here. They're healthy. Everyone's ready to go. Fred, Fred Warner is going to have that defense locked in. And I think they respect the hell out of Brock Purdy, and I think he's going to have that offense locked in. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I think that they're going to be focused for – now, I, I also said this. I, I said that they were going to be locked in and focused. They weren't going to miss tackles against Green Bay. That didn't happen. Then I said, well, they're going to be locked in for Detroit because that was the rust game, and now they're not rusty anymore. They're going to be fine. And so I, I don't know. Hopefully they don't make me look stupid again. So uh, let's see. Randy said, luckily, the Chiefs aren't as good as they were. Uh, he's talking about in 2019. Um, right. uh, here's uh, here's what Red Eye said. Two teams were successful in beating Mahomes this season, Green Bay and the Eagles. 
They got the run game going. Green Bay scored the highest points versus Mahomes at 27. That's very low. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that run game is going to be really important. Now, I want to show you this. Uh, I thought this was pretty funny. I uh, saw this earlier today. I don't know who it was, or I'd give them credit. Um, hang on. Let me let me move this. Uh, uh, let me move this chat thing off of here so you can see that. Uh, I don't watch football, so I don't know who Taylor Swift is, but he sounds fast. <laughs> I thought that he's, was pretty funny. He <laughs> wasn't he the running back for the for the Lions, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did have a Swift guy. Uh, is that the guy that plays for the Eagles now? I think, uh, isn't it? Yeah, um, DeAndre but, Swift. Uh, yep. Yeah. So let me ask you one more question, and then I'll let you go. Uh, who is going to win this game? Are the 49ers bringing home Lombardi number six, or are we going to be crying again? I mean, my initial reaction was they're going to have to be perfect to win the game. The more, the more, I don't know if it's just because, you know, the, the Super Bowl's coming and I'm getting excited. I don't know what it is. Uh, but the more that we get closer to the game, the more the week comes, I'm, I do think the 49ers win. I like that the mistakes like Chase Young made and the mistakes that were made against Green Bay, I like that those happened in those games mm-hmm. because we can't it, can't, it can't happen in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's going, I mean, the Chiefs have Tooney out. They just lost on Menahu. They have injuries. It's, the, it's our time. We have, we're healthy. Brock Purdy's playing lights out. The team loves him. They're coming back winning games. Like everything, I'm telling you, like this is, it has to be it. And not to, you know, I mean, no, this is something I'm excited to do. To quote Captain America, they're, they're going to win because I don't know what I'll do if they don't. <laughs> All right. That is Evan Swords, everybody. Tell us where we can find you. I'm chilling, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I have my old account. Lock steady for a long time now. So Evan Swords on Twitter. Uh, follow the 49ers hub. No one posts on it, but maybe one day just for vibes. <laughs> All right. Evan, thanks so much. And uh, y'all make sure you go find Evan on Twitter. Follow him and 49ers hub. And uh, while you're doing all that, go to YouTube and uh, subscribe to the 49ers Camelot show. And uh, if you're listening, on audio somewhere, then uh, please make sure that you leave a review, uh, leave a rating, however all that stuff works, and make sure that you follow. So that way you always know when we're live. So thanks, hey everybody, guys. for hey. joining. Hey, real yeah. quick, Mark, real quick. The 49ers are in the Super Bowl. You guys get your ass over there and you give them a five-star review. Let's <laughs> Don't screw around. It's a, it's it's a review. It's free. It takes two seconds. You're sitting on your couch right now. The 49ers are in the Super Bowl. Support your people. Go give them the review. Yeah. Thank you. The great Evan Swords right there, everybody. Hey, y'all have a good night. I'm going to be back here tomorrow with uh, Brian Rennick of 49ers Web Zone. So we're going to talk uh, some Super Bowl. So everybody have a great rest of your night. See ya.